I'm John, and tonight I want answers about education. There's no stopping us now, because we're live. John wants answers. John wants answers. Give John answers. Check your calendar. If it says December 20th, 2018, then we're live. Tonight, we have a very special guest, Jeannie Yu. Hi, Jeannie. Hello. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> John wants answers. I've learned if you want answers, you need a teacher. We've had some other guy on the show before you. He wasn't very good at answers, but I didn't, I've heard you, you know the answers because you have the textbooks with the answers in the back. Maybe. <laughs> Astute viewers of John Wants Answers will notice that Jeannie is the lady who's a dancer in my music video over there. Not right now. Now there's a guy looking at a phone. But you'll see a dancing scene, and that'll be her in it. We'll be taking your tweets. You can tweet us live during the show at John Wants Answer, and then we'll take your tweets. We'll read them out, and then Jeannie will have all the answers for you. Uh, but if you don't like Twitter, Go to JohnWantsAnswers.com, and you can send us a message that way. All right, let's get into the show. Uh, let's see the board of categories. Okay, tonight on the show we have Rolling Stone songs, Canadian wildlife, 38 special songs, Diane Warwick songs, Keith and John Get It On, and Creepy or Hilarious. So Jeannie, what would you want to pick can First. I, can I take Rolling Stone songs for 200, please? Okay. And what do we have for that? Miss You! <laughs> Wait for it. So, the Rolling Stones wrote a song about you. Miss You. So I want to learn all about Miss You. So, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in New England. New England? That's the uh, northeastern part of the United States, right? Near Boston. Near Boston. And um, did you always want to be a teacher? Nope. Growing up? No. What did you want to be? I thought I would become an engineer for a while. Why did you decide you weren't going to be an engineer? Well, then I went to college, and um, I saw what some of my friends were doing, and I wasn't sure I wanted to work on those kind of things. And uh -huh. then um, the media arts and sciences program was starting, so I tried that. And mm -hmm. then they also wanted us to double major, so I double majored in film and media studies. Oh, okay. And what school did you go to? MIT. MIT. I've heard of that place. That's a good school. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you went to MIT, and you got a, a film major. And what did you do with that? Then I moved to LA, and I worked in the film industry for five years. Really? What were you doing in the film industry? I was working in development, which is where you look for projects and you read a lot of scripts and you try to get the rights to those scripts and uh -huh. see if you can like package talent to it or money to it or that's, things like that. It's not like fun. So you have to like see all the movies before they were movies. Well, you or read, read them. a read lot the of movies. Yeah, a lot of movie scripts <laughs> that never get made. What are some of the ones that you that got made that you were you worked on? Um, I didn't really work on them, but I read them before they got made. So you, you greenlit them? You no, read I just read you them. you said, these sound like a good script. Did you have like two piles? Bad movie, good, good movie? Uh, the bad movie pile is probably like really big, and right. the good movie pile is like tiny. Uh -huh. um, 
When I was interning, I interned at James Cameron's company, and I read a script called Astronaut's Wife. Oh, yeah. I think and I've heard of that so one. So then it got made um, with Johnny Depp and Charlize Theron in it. Oh, yeah. And I read an independent movie script there also called Go, and it got made, and it was about like some kind of indie drug deal or something. I don't know. It's a very famous game in Asia, Go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I, I also interned at um, Sam Raimi's company, and there I read a random movie script that was in development called Jack Frost. It got made with Michael Keaton. I know him. Yeah, wow. Some pretty good movies. Or no movies. Yeah. Um, so how long did you do that for? I worked in the film industry for five years. And then what, what made you want to change? Well, I wasn't sure if that was really a path that I wanted to take. And um, it wasn't exactly like a secure or known career path. And mm -hmm. I didn't really like schmoozing to promote myself. Uh -huh. um, and so I was playing ultimate frisbee with someone who was a high school math teacher. So I observed his class and I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and so you decided to switch from, from reading films to teaching math. Teaching. And mm -hmm. you specifically math you wanted to teach. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then um, what did you have to do to become a teacher? For me, since I didn't go to school to become a teacher, I had to take um, a kind of a like career changing type path. Um, so I had to take a content level test to show that I knew enough math. Mm -hmm. And then I also had to enroll in a master's degree program in education that also got me the credential at the same time. Oh, well, let's, let's go to our next category to learn all about that. Let's see the, the board of categories. All right, what do you want to pick this time? Can I get the .38 special <laughs> songs for 200? Okay, and what's the, what's the topic there? Teacher, teacher! Okay. <laughs> so I just asked you how you became a teacher. So in your case, um, you went back to school mm -hmm. to get a master's. Yep. Um, where did you go to school? Pepperdine University. Pepperdine, where is that? In Southern California, they have four campuses. Okay. Um, so now you had a career change mm -hmm. to become a teacher. Now, someone who decided when they enter university that they want to become a teacher, would they have a different path to go? If they're already in college and they know they want to become a teacher, they can um, go to a college that has a credentialing program for them already. So mm -hmm. as long as they can show they know the content that they want to teach and go through that credentialing program, I think they can become a teacher. <laughs> I looked it up on the internet before uh -huh. this, right. and that's what the internet said. And it's, it's always true, <laughs> I find, most of the time. Um, so what schools have you taught in? Um, I've taught in a middle school in LA, a high school in LA, a mm -hmm. high school in India, a middle school in San Jose, and now a high school in Los Altos. You went to India. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Um, I wanted to, I, I got my credential professional clear, which meant I could leave the school that I was teaching at. Mm -hmm. And then I also knew that I could leave LA. I didn't have to live in LA anymore. Uh -huh. So my coworker said, why don't you teach abroad? It's really fun. <laughs> so I applied to all these places. And then um, my, I was telling my car mechanic 
that I wanted to teach abroad, and he said I had to go to the school in India. And so, because he sent his kids there. No, he went there when he was okay. a kid. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and then I applied, but I didn't get it. And so then I was telling my former landlord that I applied to a school in India. And he said, was it this school? And I was like, yeah, how did you know? And it's because he sent his kids there. Oh. So I applied again, and then I went there. Did you have to know how to speak the Indian language? Uh, I did not know how to speak Hindi when I went, and then mm -hmm. I took some lessons when I was there. Okay. Were you teaching math? Yeah, I was teaching math in English. In English. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds better, easier. <laughs> um, was, it, was it dangerous teaching high school in L.A.? Um, when I was teaching middle school in L.A., um, I mean, high school and middle school, to me, it was kind of similar. Uh -huh. um, but there were a few shootings on my street, <laughs> so some of my students could tell me when they happened and who it happened to and because they lived on the street with me. Uh -huh. um, and so I guess it was sort of dangerous in my neighborhood. Could they tell you ahead of time, like, don't be on this street at 4 o'clock tomorrow? They didn't know what was going to happen either. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I hear stories that's very difficult financially to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So I hear stories about many teachers having maybe two or three part-time jobs. Um, many science teachers um, in New Mexico have to cook meth on the side. Um, it's well documented. <laughs> There's many TV shows about this. Um, so is that, is that true, um, you think? Yeah. It is true? Yeah. OK. So how, how do you survive on a teacher's salary? Um. Well, I'm not too good with chemicals, so I had to scrap the meth idea. Okay. But um, I now work at a school district that pays us enough money where I don't need to have another job or be really desperate about my future. Right. In your previous schools that you worked at, did you have to have other jobs too? Well, in the previous school that I worked at, I was probably breaking even, uh, maybe saving like a few hundred dollars every month. Mm -hmm. um, but I was kind of worried about the future. Um, but I wasn't there long enough to have to like think of more things to do to make money. Okay. Now we live. Um, this, we're in Silicon Valley, one of the most you know expensive places to live in the country. Um, so um, it must be especially hard for teachers, I would think, in this area now. Are the wages adjusted, keeping in mind that the cost of living here is so high? I think so, because like a starting salary, since I started teaching 16 years ago, the numbers might be off. But mm -hmm. like when I was in L.A., the starting salary was like 40000 uh -huh. And then like when I came to the Bay Area, I already had a few years of, of, of teaching. So it was like I was getting paid like 60000 um, okay. But it still wasn't like enough to survive, like to thrive in the right. Bay Area. Right. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what do other teachers um, do? Not necessarily here, but, you know, um, how do they find extra work to, you know, pay the rent and that kind of thing? Um, I have a coworker in L.A. who also worked at Chili's. Oh, yeah? And then um, I recently attended a, um, a roundtable discussion of teachers in my district who were talking about how hard it is to to afford a, a place to live. 
Right. And there was a teacher talking about how she also has to work at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, why don't you tell me about a typical day of being a teacher at your school? Um, wake up, eat breakfast, then go to school, and then the students arrive, and it's all based on bells. So the bell rings, and the students have to get in your class. Mm -hmm. And then you teach them, and then they go away, and another group of students comes, and then it happens about five times that day. So you have five classes you teach today? Yeah. Uh, that's every day? Five um, well, we have a, a weird schedule where, like, on, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, each class is an hour and a half. So you only see, like, the class on one of those days. Okay. Um, now, um, supplies for your classroom. I've heard some teachers, even though not being paid very much at all, have to pay for those out of their pocket, too. Yeah. What kind of things would you have to pay for? Well, generally, like, anytime you set up a new classroom, you need to decorate it with stuff. Mm -hmm. Or you'd want some equipment to, like, put your papers on. And so I would say for those, like, teachers usually just go out and buy their own decorations. Oh. Um, but there's also other teaching supplies, like teaching math. You can use manipulatives and little things that students can work with their hands to help learn the math. Mm -hmm. And teachers will often just buy that stuff themselves. Oh. Um, when I was working at one school, I would just go into the copy room and like take out the paper in the recycle bin and use the blank side of it to make copies on because there was a quota. Oh, okay. So schools are pretty strapped. <laughs> yeah. When I was interviewing for jobs once, one of the people in line with me at a local district said they had to buy their own paper. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see the category board again. All right. What do you want to... Answer this time. Um, Canadian wildlife for 200, please. Okay, what's, what do we have there? The snowy owl. The northern tundra is the home of one of the most powerful and beautiful members of the owl family, the snowy owl. The female is not as brilliant white as the male. Her plumage is barred and makes her less conspicuous against the tundra. The snowy owl's major source of food is the lemming. The availability of the lemming has a major effect on the owl population. She lays her eggs in a dent in the ground which she scrapes herself. Incubation starts as soon as the first egg is laid. So the chicks hatch one after another, and there can be quite a difference in size between the oldest and the youngest. Striking features of the snowy owl are the feathery legs. Even the claws are covered with dense white feathers, and the large yellow eyes with their composed stare. For more information about the snowy owl, why not contact the Canadian Wildlife Service in Ottawa? What else do you know about the snowy owl? Um, Hedwig from Harry Potter is a snowy owl. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. They also um, have no ear tufts. They have no ear tufts? Right. Wow, that's interesting. According to allaboutbirds.org. <laughs> See, we need more teachers on this show. Because the other guy who usually sits there makes stuff up about the animal. Well, I asked you if I could make stuff up, but you said I couldn't, so. <laughs> yeah, I tell him that too. <laughs> okay, that was a snowy owl. Um, let's see the board of categories again. All right, what do you pick this time? 
Dionne Warwick songs, please? For how much? 200. 200. What do we have there? Do you, do you know the way to Los Altos High? <laughs> I think actually there's a song, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? But we've, we've changed it a bit. Okay, Los Altos High. I understand that is where you are teaching right now. Yes. How'd you like it there? I like it a lot. So, is it a good school? Yes. I've been looking on the internet for school ratings, and there's not any one official school ratings website. So there's a few different websites, and they try to rank the schools. Los Altos High, consistently at the top. In fact, I went to usnews.com, and they said Los Altos High is number 64 in California out of 1,600. So, good school. Are there, like, official rankings? There's no official rankings that I know about. Okay. Um, but there are these companies that rank the schools, mm -hmm. and they could or could not be paid by corporate sponsors or <laughs> colleges or things like that. Um, there's one website looks, that looks like it's nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, but every school that I wor I've worked at, and I've worked at five of them, um, the administration and the teachers never really look at the rankings that seriously or that closely. Right. Um, whether it's a school that's ranked highly or in the middle or whatever, we've never really looked at them that much. Okay. Um, um, I know Zillow um, has school rankings, and that's like a real estate website. So people are like trying to find a new house and... I guess the quality of the schools is an impact on the value of the house or where they want to live, often. Um, so in these other um, ratings sites, do you know what kind of criteria they take into consideration for ranking? Well, I briefly looked at some of these sites yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing, and I talked to one of the administrators at our school, Mm -hmm. And one thing that they get information from is actually just sending emails to schools, mass emails every year, right. and asking the schools to send them the data. Okay. So um, according to our administrator, if a school doesn't send the data in on time, they just don't get ranked. Um, mm -hmm. And there's one website that I looked at that I think Redfin might use, um, and they don't ask for data from the schools at all. So oh. they're probably getting it from something called a high school profile. Okay. Which has like all tons of data about the school that all the high schools have to give to colleges when a student applies to the college there. Okay. Um, and it has test scores and a number of AP classes and demographics and things like that. Okay. Um, so it's really hard to figure out just how good your school is just on these ranking sites. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't have a kid going to that school, it's hard for them to tell. So mm -hmm. I think like the only thing they can really look at is are these websites, but I don't really know how accurate they are. Okay. Um, but I know by working at a school, I can tell if it's good or not. So if a student gets a high school diploma anywhere in California, are high school diplomas considered equal? Um, if you have a high school diploma, you might get certain like rights or like certain... Like you can get into a, a college maybe or a certain mm -hmm. type of job. And so if the high school is accredited by WASC, which is some organization that makes sure your school meets a certain quality, mm -hmm. then your diploma is kind of the same, is seen like at the same esteem. 
Right. And then there are some um, magnet schools or specialty high schools that they're usually seen about the same too. Um, but um, there's some alternative schools that sometimes not sure. And oh. if you have a GED and there's something called a CHISPE, which is only in California, then mm -hmm. those are viewed as the same. Okay. Um, so if, if a student's applying to go to colleges, did the colleges consider what school, what high school you went to into consideration? Um, they will first, yeah, they'll look at the high school profile uh -huh. and then they're going to see, okay, how rigorous was your school? What kind of classes did your school offer? Um, where were you in relation to success at that school? Mm -hmm. So um, if there's a high school that doesn't have those kind of accelerated courses and you take all of the ones they do have though, um, you might be given kind of like a handicap and seen as successful anyways because you uh -huh. went as far as you could at that school. Okay. So if you did um, well in a rigorous school, then that would be treated as better than well in a less rigorous school. They would have I'm, the data for that. I'm not sure because if you do well at a, a less rigorous school, you still went as far as you could. Right. Um, so the colleges also try to diversify their school population. So mm -hmm. they're not going to get admit like tons of students from Los Altos High School because it'll be too concentrated. Uh -huh. So they would probably want to go to other schools too. Okay. Um, I hear a lot about tests in, in America, so I'm not from this country. Um, so I hear, I hear things about SATs, ACTs, LSAT, GMATs. What are these things? Well, LSAT is for people who are like in college or graduated from college and they want to go to law school. Okay. And GMAT is similar, but for business school. Uh-huh. And MCAT is for med school. Okay. And then the SAT and ACT are for high school students to try to get into college. Okay. And they're tests that students throughout America and internationally can take mm -hmm. to compare themselves to each other. Um, right. And it's in English and in math. Mm -hmm. But ACT also has science. Okay. So... Um, According to one of the people that administers that test, those tests at our school, she says about 60% of students take SAT and like 40% ACT, and it's dependent on like student preference. Okay. Um, so it's a standardized test, so that everyone across the country would be taking the same test. Yeah, and you have to pay for it. Oh, how much does it cost? I don't know. Oh. Um, do they change the test every year? It's evolved over the years, so... In the past, a lot of people have complaints about the way that SAT phrases their questions or chooses whatever questions, mm -hmm. um, where they say it could be biased towards a certain population. So if they're asking a question about um, you understanding vocabulary, but it's put into a sentence about hockey, yeah. then there's certain demographics that won't be able to understand what that's about. Oh, okay. Um, but they must change it every year. Otherwise, I could take a copy of today's test give it to my little kid brother who's going to take it next year and you have like all the questions yeah there's lots of answers. sample questions and lots of companies mm -hmm. that make money from review books I okay. think like when I took the SAT it didn't have an essay writing component right um, but then it did and now I don't know I think maybe they still do I don't know and they also have like content level specific tests you can sign up for okay so when kids are applying to universities um, they would have to take the SAT or ACT right They'd have to have a high school diploma. 
Um, what other things are considered um, f when they're trying to accept students? Well, what's really important is their grades. Uh -huh. So they should have good grades. Um, and then after that, the, in the application, they also include teacher recommendations. And um, they have to write essays to get into college. So the college will read that part as part of their application process. Um, but also after that, they'll look at their activities. So if a student is particularly good at a sport or whatever, or a um, really strong leader, um, or volunteers a lot, um, or does, has various interests, um, the school wants to know that the student's going to succeed in the face of challenges um, and that they have perseverance and grit. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also things like legacies where some schools will give a student a higher chance of getting accepted if their relative or parent donated a lot of money. Okay. Um, what kind of factors do you think contributes to a successful high school? Um, I think that for any school to be successful, it needs to meet the needs of their students, mm -hmm. um, whatever population those students are from. So if the students are coming from uh, a home where they're constantly pressured to get good grades or they're pressured into getting really good colleges, that might take a certain level of uh, teaching the students so they don't stress out or have like anxiety and panic attacks. Mm -hmm. um, but if a student is like coming from a family where their parents don't have education or they're helping to raise their siblings, they don't have time to do homework at home. Right. Um, then the school needs to meet those students' needs too. So I think as long as the school can meet the diverse student needs, I think that makes a good school. And then um, I was once told that there's like three pillars that will help make a good school. And one is like the students and parents, mm -hmm. one is the teachers, and one is the administration. Okay. Um, now, where do schools get their money from? A public school, will get their money and I'm looking I looked it up for California so I don't know if it's different for other states right but in California a public school will get their money from federal state and local taxes mm -hmm. um, though there are several school districts in California that qualify for something called basic aid or they request it where they forgo the state taxes okay and I think federal taxes are kind of special sometimes too so um, but they basically get everything from local taxes why would they opt to not take any money from state or federal? If locally they have tons of money in property mm -hmm. tax or business, whatever local tax, right. then they can put more money into um, the budget for each student than what the other taxes are giving them. Okay. Um, is funding a key factor, you think, in a school being successful? I think that long term, yeah, it's definitely a key factor because if the teachers are struggling to make ends meet in their own lives and they can't even get the resources to the students and if a student wants a certain opportunity or program and the school can't afford it, um, it makes for a very dry bones education. Right. Um, so I've heard about um, AP classes. W what does AP stand for? AP stands for Advanced Placement. Mm -hmm. And it's also run by College Board. And um, most high schools have it in America where you can offer AP Calculus or AP Chemistry or AP mm -hmm. Language Arts. Um, and if a student takes that class, which is a, a set curriculum, um, and then they take a test at the end of the school year that they mm -hmm. have to pay for, right. um, 
if they do well, then they can get college credit for it, depending on what score they get and which college they apply to. Okay. So if you were a student and you want to get into a good college, you'd want to take as many of those classes as you could. Um, you don't want to stress out, though. So <laughs> you should just take the ones that you want to take. Okay. Um, so um, I had this view of the world, and maybe you can say I'm right or wrong. But um, a lot of the success of a school um, is parents want their kids to be going to a good school, right? And so they will perhaps um, move to a location um, at great sacrifice to themselves, make it financially or something, to go to good schools so that their kids have good education. And because they made that sacrifice, you know, they're going to be pushing their kids extra hard to do well. And so if a lot of people in this district are doing that, then together all these kids are going to be working really hard to do well, and then you have a, what looks like a successful school. I think that's definitely one model of a successful school. <laughs> um, right. I find that students sometimes pressure themselves if they're mm -hmm. living in an area like this. Um, right. Okay, well, we're um, out of time. So um, thanks for coming on the show, Jeannie, so much. Um, and our next show is on January 10th. And um, let's see how many points you got. You got 800 points, maybe a new record. All right, good job. <laughs> <laughs>